All right. Again, thank you for being here and being in your place. We're going to look at something this morning I think will help you as we look in the book of, of Esther. You know, it's amazing how <clears throat> we need to understand we're blessed. Okay. Even the worst of us in this country are blessed compared to this world. I, just, I don't think we understand what goes on in the rest of the world. Uh, but even with that, we, get, we let little things get to us, right? Um, you know, we'll complain about our cars, even though we don't have to walk. Um, you, you know, we'll go to grocery stores. I don't like lines. How many of you, I just don't like waiting in line. So I always cut. I just like, you know, just kidding. I'm kidding. kidding. Self-checkout. It's not cutting. By the way, I love Sam's Club. I went with my daughters a while ago, and they're like, Dad, get the app. You can just pay as you go. I'm like, really? It's like, yeah. We're like, watch, just scan it when we put it in the cart. I'm like, let's keep buying. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, bypass the lines. I'm like, okay, that's what we got to do right there. But we complain about that stuff. Why don't you be thankful that we have grocery stores up until the last couple years that are full of food? Here's one. We complain about how long it takes to get fast food. Hey, just be thankful you're not at home cooking. Can I get a witness? So many little irritations in life. I can't stand drippy faucets. Ding, ding, ding. I hate when air conditioners go out. You have to reboot your iPhone. Now this one's legit. Your coffee gets cold. By the way, just buy one of those ember cups. How many know what I'm talking about? Okay, it, it, it like keeps the coffee at whatever temperature you want. By the way, that invention is right up there with the printing press. I think that just ch changed my life. The problem is, with all of that is, you know, we become miserable about silly little things, and we have no right to be miserable. I always think about these athletes. They irritate me, right? Basketball, to me, is a joke. These guys can't play 82 games. Load management. They complain about the amount of games they have to play. And we're all like, yeah, that's true. It's like, why don't you have to go work a job five or six days a week? 40 to 60 hours. I don't want to hear it that you had to play a basketball game. Sissies. But anyhow. And pitchers. Right? I don't, I don't like baseball. The Dodgers are really annoying me right now, but I'm done with them. But, but you know, they a pitch count. How many know I'm talking about? I don't know if you guys are old school. You remember a guy named Wilbur Wood? Anybody remember him? He used to pitch like in the 70s for the, for the, um, for the White Sox. And he would win like 20 games every year, and he would lose 20 games every year. The guy pitched all the time. I remember one time they had a doubleheader. He started both games. Now these, oh, I just can't, I'll hurt my arm. It's like you're doing a job that people would love to do making that amount of money. But the problem is we would complain if we had that job too. That's just how we are. We have things good and we just complain. And you know what happens? We become miserable. And we're miserable because we lose our perspective. And we choose to look at things that shouldn't make us miserable, and we allow them to make us miserable. We're going to see that here in this character in the book of Esther named Haman. 
We know the story of the book of Esther well. It's the only book of the Bible that does not mention the Lord's name specifically. I think the point is God's trying to, 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 to teach to us that, that when all this stuff is going on, he is in the background working things out. And he does. That's exactly what he does. And so you knew the story that Esther became the queen. She has, she has an uncle named Mordecai who raised her since she was a, a young girl. And um, they needed a new queen. And he goes, hey, why don't you become the queen? And she went through the queen contest. And by the way, the king didn't know that she was Jewish. And she becomes the queen. Haman is the right-hand man for King Artaxerxes. He is, uh, they believe he was Agathite, which means he was probably a descendant from the royal family of the Amalekites. The Amalekites were the enemies of the Jews. But here is this Haman. He is the right-hand man for King Artaxerxes. Um, he has a great job. He's second in command to the king. He, he has a great position. It affords him a great life. And really, if you look at him, if anybody should have been happy about life, it should have been this guy. He had everything. And in spite of all the good he had, it wasn't enough because there was this one guy, Mordecai, who would not bow down to him. Whenever he walked through, because of the respect people had for his position, they would show reverence to him. And they would bow down, and they all did it. But this one guy, and it gnawed at him. It made him miserable. Made him hateful. So much so that he comes to find out that Mordecai's a Jew and he's like, I got a plan. And he, he talks the king into making a plan that there's a day that, that the people can go through and destroy the Jews. Just to get rid of him. Now he doesn't know that, of course, Esther was a Jew. And he doesn't know that this ill-advised plan to him isn't going to work out. In fact, it ends out super poorly for him. And he ends up being put to death. And Mordecai ends up getting lifted up. Haman is a worst case scenario. I don't think any of us would go to that extreme to have everything and be upset because of one guy. And it ruined his life. So here's the message today I want us to learn from Haman's life. How to be miserable. Now, I'm not saying I want you to be miserable, okay? But if you want to be miserable, you can be. You can let things get to you when you have everything you need and you can walk around this life, by the way, the only life you have, and you can be miserable. I don't want to be miserable, and I don't want to make others miserable, although I probably occasionally do. But I'm going to choose not to do the things that would make me miserable. And by the way, I'm like you. I can have everything and still complain, right? Didn't I mention that one of the messages, that song my wife heard at the hot dog place that she loved? I can't complain, but sometimes I still do, right? That's how we are. But you know what happens when we do that? We become miserable and we have no right to be miserable, especially if you're saved and you're a child of God. So, what was the problem here? Well, let me give you a couple thoughts on how you can be miserable if you choose to. Number one, you forget joy and you replace it with anger. 
Now, we saw that little story in chapter 3 where Haman sees Mordecai and it just irritates him. Let's see what happens and kind of ends things for him in chapter 5. Go to chapter 5. It's just, you know, depending on the size of your Bible, one page or two. And look at verse 9. Then went Haman forth that day. This is when God's already starting to set this thing up with Esther and his downfall's coming. But he's happy that he was invited to this banquet. Then went Haman forth that day joyful and with a glad heart. But when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate, that he stood not up nor moved for him, he was full of indignation against Mordecai. I mean, this guy has everything. and He had this special dinner with the queen and with the king, and he's all happy, and Mordecai's just sitting there and wouldn't stand up, wouldn't, bow, you know, wouldn't do the whole reverence thing to him because he didn't want to reverence a man, and he wasn't even the king. And what happens? Now he's mad. That one little thing canceled out his joy. We do that as well, don't we? We be, and you know what happens? Because we are irrational. You sit there and ask Mordecai, or Haman, why are you mad? Didn't you, you got everything. It's like, well, that one guy didn't stand up when I walked by. Really? Really? That's going to mess up your day? By the way, I've known people that have had their day messed up for less than that. You've probably had a day in your life messed up. Because of something small. I've had my life messed up because you were messed up with something small. We, we just, it's like, it's, it doesn't make sense. But we get like that because we don't think of all the good that we have in our life. I am convinced, and I've met people, I am convinced that they just don't want to be happy. They could have everything and they would still want more. They just can't be happy. They can't have joy. They've always got to focus on the small little things. And by the way, what happens to that? At the end of the verse, he was full of indignation. You will start suffering from anger. Once you decide not to think about all the good that you have and the joy that you have, and you start to replace it over here because of some little small ignorant thing, and that becomes your focus in life, now anger starts to build up. Be very careful about that. Anger is a killer and joy is a byproduct of being a Christian. Amen. I mean, in Philippians, Paul told us in Philippians in chapter 3 and verse 1, and in chapter 4, verse 4, he tells us that we are to rejoice in the Lord. And when you lose your joy, and by the way, you don't lose your joy, you choose, you choose to give your joy away. You do. I'm sorry. Well, that person, they did this and, and they made me angry. Okay, get over it. And I'm like you. Sometimes it's like, okay, you know, someone makes me upset. I'm going to lie. But afterwards, like, that's dumb. Let them do their own thing. I, I'm not going to let that ruin my life. But we let that happen. What, why in the world would we do that? If you're not happy today, that is your choice. It, is, it has nothing to do with your circumstances. And I'm not saying that sometimes circumstances aren't unpleasant. But we're choosing to let that wreck everything else in our life. We have no right to. You can rejoice 
Think of, I think of Paul and Silas. Here they are in prison. They're marked for death. It's midnight. And you know what they're doing? They're praising God. What? Yeah. Hey, maybe that's why God let them go. God had a plan for them. But they weren't going to let that one thing they did not understand ruin everything else that was going on. I like when Peter was in prison. And they were praying for Peter to be released. And Peter was going to be killed the next day. And the angel went over there to wake him up. He's dead asleep. And it said that the angel had to smote him on the side. You ever wake someone up and they're just not like, they're out? And it's like, hey, get up. It's like, Ugh. you almost got to slap him upside their head like, hey, get up. He was so sound asleep. It didn't bother him. He knew God was in control. What are you allowing I was going to say, what are you allowing to steal your joy? But what are you allowing in your life and you give your joy away? You'll be miserable. You know what the best thing is? Just don't have any expectations. You, see, what we do is we feel we deserve more. Right? And when we feel we deserve more, we don't appreciate the things that we do have. I remember it was several years ago, um, it was a couple days after Christmas, and we were doing something at the house, and, and Steve was little, my grandson Steve. He was probably four. And, um, and so uh, I, I had to run to grab something, and, and it, I went to Kmart. I, they went out of business, but I went to Kmart to get that. And as I was leaving, I saw they had stuff on sale because Christmas is over. They had this tube about that long. It had about ten cars in it. It was like five bucks. And I'm like, Steve's at the house. You know, he's there. He chose to be with us. I'll buy it for him. He likes cars. So I got a toxic masculinity. That's not toxic. You know what toxic max masculinity is? It's when you don't got none. That's toxic. Anyhow, uh, that didn't go over very well. But I took it home. I'm like, Steve, look what I got you. I'm like, we opened it up, and he poured all the cars out. And for 15 glorious minutes, he played with the plastic tube. I'm like, what I should have done is just poured the toys out and say, hey, I found a tube. Can I have this? Kids, kids, they'll play with the package. They don't have these big expectations, but we do. And when one little thing upsets the apple cart, we lose it. So we replace joy with anger. Secondly, you want to be miserable? I hope you're saying no in your heart, but anyhow. You forget humility and you replace it with pride. And this kind of piggybacks off that. Look at verse 10 of chapter 5. So Haman came from the, came from the banquet. He's being set up to, to get in serious trouble. He, so he's all upset. Verse 10 says, nevertheless, Haman refrained himself. He goes, he was going home. He goes, let me get it together for a little bit. Okay. And he, when, when he came home, he sent and called his friends and Zeresh, his wife, and and uh, verse 11, and Haman told them the glory of his riches and the multitude of his children and all things wherewith the king had promoted him and how he had advanced him above the princes and servants of the king. And Haman said, moreover, yes, Esther the queen did let no man come in unto the king unto the banquet that he had prepared but himself. And tomorrow am I invited also unto her, also with the king. He comes home and says, by the way, can you imagine this, so coming home and getting your family together so you can brag on yourself? All right, youngins, sit around. Zeres, right there. 
I want you to know how lucky you were when you got me. And he's telling her, I got the job, I got the promotion, I'm, the, I'm wonderful, look at all these kids, look at all my wealth. And, and Esther had a banquet just for the king and just for me. And guess what? I get to go back tomorrow. Now, if he knew what she had planned for tomorrow, I was like a rat and fight and cheese and a trap. And all his, everything was about him. By the way, that's why it irritated him that Mordecai didn't bow down. Because his life was about him and it wasn't about anybody else. By the way, you will be miserable when life is all about you. I'm just telling you right now. By the way, you know what we are raising, since you asked, in your heart? You know what we're raising in our society? A bunch of selfish people. All they care about is themselves, and they don't care about anybody else. It's ridiculous. We won't lift a finger to help anybody else. We won't, we're, we're selfish. We don't want to take care of our children. By the way, I do not respect a man that will not take care of his children. Amen right there. Well, I got my life to live. Brother, when you had a child, that is your life. You're married too. Guess what? Be a spouse. Well, I want to hang around with my single friends. Get over it. Now, I'm not saying you can't have friends that aren't single. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, you get married, you want to act like a single person. You got married, man up, and do what you're supposed to do. That's beyond selfish. Your life isn't about you. And by the way, you want to be joyful? Fulfill your responsibilities. You might actually like them. You know what you'll find out? Living and fulfilling your responsibilities and, and, and doing something productive for your family and in your life, you're going to find that's what brings joy. But we're selfish. I get it. We're all selfish. We have this, uh, you know, this, 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 this dumb little thing. It's, it's, it, we're, we're just all over the map. We all know of Benedict Arnold. How many know who he was? He was a traitor. When you think of names like Benedict Arnold and Judas, we think of those who betrayed. Do you know there would be no America without Benedict Arnold? Do you know that he won several of the early battles, and if he did not win them, there would not be an America? But you know why he, he, he betrayed his country? He didn't get a promotion he thought he should get. He didn't get something he thought he should get, and he got bitter, and he went to the other side. And by the way, the other side didn't treat him well either. We let little things mess us up because we're selfish. Let's be careful about that. I'm not saying that you don't need, you know, things taken care of. I get it. But we get selfish because we are proud. And whenever you're proud, you are set up for a fall. Pride cometh before destruction. And a haughty spirit before a fall. Best illustration, I remember this. Back in the 90s, they had the Olympic Games in... Um, Barcelona, I don't know if it was 92 or 96, I forget what it was, probably 92. And Reebok ran a series of ads with these guys named Dan and Dave. These two guys, how many remember these guys? These two guys were the best, two best decathletes in the world by far. They were going to be gold and silver, it was just a matter of who was going to win it right? But you know you have to qualify. You have to go to the Olympics. And so they, they went to the Olympics, and, and the other one, he was going to finish first. He had enough points, and it came to, I don't know which one it was, Dave or the other one. He, he had to do, the, the last contest was the pole vault. All he had to do was jump nine feet, and he was in. 
And so they put it up there. He goes, I'm not going to jump it. That's too easy. So he waited until the bar was like to 13 and a half feet. And all he had to do, he had three opportunities, jump over it, you're in. He's like, that's too easy, I'll wait. He waited until they raised the bar another foot. And he missed all three times. And not only did he miss out in the Olympics, that commercial went off the television pretty fast. Pride. Pride and selfishness is at the root of all of our problems. We need to be very careful about that. Third, you want to be miserable? I hope you're thinking no. You forget contentment and you replace it with frustration. He tells everything that's good about his life. And look at verse 13. Yet, all this availeth me nothing. Okay, excuse me? I mean, he just read off a list that people say, I'll take that. I mean, I'll take that any day of the week. And he says, but you know what? None of it's any good. Why? Because of one small thing. He had to have everything. By the way, a person that is not happy or joyful with what they have wouldn't be joyful if they got everything else. I'm just telling you that right now. I know that for a fact. You know, this whole thing with one of the billionaires, uh, hundreds of euros, how, how much money do you need to be happy? Just one dollar more. Of course, that's honesty. They'll never be happy. You, you may strive for more, but be happy with what you have while you're striving for more. Not why you get to the pinnacle. See, sometimes it's, it's, it's that, 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 that journey, that should be joyful, not the, not the, not the, the end game. I remember I lived, when I was in Bible college, I was in Chicago when the Bears won the Super Bowl. And how many remember Walter Payton? Walter Payton was a good guy. One of the, probably one of the best running backs of all time. Joyful guy, great career, so many years on a horrible team. They won the Super Bowl. At the end of the Super Bowl, he got dressed quickly and left. They said, what, they almost, he was borderline bitter. It's like, he goes, it's not what I thought it was. He enjoyed all, this, all the, the, the stuff getting to the Super Bowl. And when he got there, it's like, is this all there is? Is this all there is? How many know Terry Bradshaw? Terry Bradshaw, I think he won four Super Bowls. He said, those, those weeks at the Super Bowl were the most depressing weeks of my life. Look, folks, we need to be careful. We can find something bad in anything. And that one little thing, Everything else is worthless because that one thing is not in line. Life's not like that. Life is not about the mountaintop experiences. Can I just tell you that? It's, I say this every year, and it's true every year. Vacation isn't the end all. I enjoy vacation. I enjoy being with my family that first week. Second week is a struggle, okay? But no, yeah, I enjoy all that. But you know what? Life's not about vacation. Life is not about the photo ops. You go on vacation for a week or you go do this activity for whatever. Do you know the other 51 weeks you're going to be miserable? That's what life is made of. Don't always have to have everything go your way. Next, we're starting to run out of time. You forget forgiveness and replace it with bitterness. He said, this availeth me nothing, verse 13, so long as I see Mordecai, the Jew, sitting at the king's gate. You know what his big problem was? His big problem was people. By the way, let me just say this. People are irritating. How do you know? Because I'm irritating. 
Not all the time. People can be irritating. And you can't, you, you know what's irritating about people? You can't control them. And it's not your job to control them. So if it's not your job to control them, and you can't control them, why are you going to let them mess up your life? Well, that person, if it wasn't for them, everything would be great. And if they were great, there'd be this other person that didn't make it great. You worry about you. You worry about who you are. You can't control anybody but yourself. And I'm not saying let people take advantage of you. I'm not saying let people hurt you. Sometimes you may need to step away from them, but don't get bitter. Well, I'm upset at that person. I will never forgive them, and I wish bad things for them. I'm not, I'm not, that wasn't testifying. Do you know, do you know, if you have that kind of attitude, do you know the person that suffers from that attitude? Not them, they could care less. It's you. Look, I got to be honest with you. I'm not for our president. I think, and I don't think, I don't think he's in his right mind, and I feel for him. It might be nice if they took care of him. But the evil that they're trying to push, but you know what? I'm not happy when he falls or he says, it's funny sometimes, but I'm not happy if he says something. What are they doing to him? Why don't they, why don't they like, he, literally, he, he needs to be taken care of. When he falls, it's like, why isn't someone there helping him? Why aren't they walking with him? And I'm about as far from him as I will ever get. I don't wish ill will for him. I don't. I'm not going to hate him. Because you know who that's going to hurt? Okay? And we, there's this, I don't agree with that. By the way, that's what, you know, we have, and by the way, say that's political. It's not political, it's moral. I, I don't. I'm not for some of the taxes and all that, but that's, that's, that's political. I'm talking about the moral aspects. I'm not going to hate somebody. God will deal with all that. But I'm not going to have a horrible spirit. I, and by the way, I could. I'd be careful with all that stuff. You follow all that stuff, and it's like you walk around hating everybody. And half of it's not true. Everybody hates each other, and everyone's like that. I don't know about you. I'm around a lot of people all the time. I don't see that. Do you? No. By the way, and a lot of times we see that because we want to see it. Say, well, okay, I met someone and they're kind of helpful, hateful. Well, don't you be hateful. Why don't you be nice? Okay, that's really going down. Okay, Steve, move on. All right, I will. Number five. You forget wisdom and you replace it with solutions. Okay, here we go. Ready? Look at verse 14. Love his wife, but I think she had some issues. Then said Zerush to his wife, Zeresh, his wife, and all of his friends unto him, hey, I got, we got an idea. You know, he's already talked about his pride and his hatred. They're just listening to him. Let a gallow be made of 50 cubits high. Gallow is where they hung people. And tomorrow, speak thou unto the king that Mordecai may be hanged thereon. You see poetic justice there? Mordecai. You know, Esther's going to be there when he says that. Are you with me? His for all intents and purposes, his adopted daughter. Then go thou merrily with the king unto the banquet. See, look, if you make this plan that you're going to have the guy hung, then you can be happy when you go to the banquet. Um, okay, that food didn't taste very good, by the way. And the king pleased, and the thing pleased Haman, and he caused the gallows to be made. What an ignorant solution. 
I know, let's just have the guy eradicated. I had a better solution. Here it was. Dude, get over it. It's one guy. Let it go. Why are you so hurt about this, I was going to say, this ignorant thing? I mean, why didn't one of his friends stand up and say, you've got to be kidding me. Just listen to everything you said you had and one guy didn't stand up? Snap out of it. But instead, there's a solution. By the way, the solution is, is never to deal with something that you can't deal with. It's not his job to change Mordecai. It's his job to change Haman. But, you know, it's amazing. We always come up with these ignorant solutions. I'll just do this. That's not going to help. Why don't we follow God? God's like, let it go. Just let it go, man. It's not a big deal. It's crazy how we do that. We have problems in our marriage, and we think, oh, the solution is a new marriage partner. You know that won't work. You know why? Because if you got a new marriage partner, they'd still be married to you. <laughs> well, you know, my boss yelled at me at work. I think I'll get a new job. Why don't you just be quiet and work? Okay? You know, here's a teenager that has issues with their parents, right? Well, I'm just going to move out of the house and have my freedom. I'll join the military. Yeah, because we all know that when you're in the military, it's totally freedom. You know? I'll do my own thing. And then they, they move out, and it's like, oh, they expect us to pay rent here too. Are you with me? We can always come up with an ignorant solution, right? Why don't we find out what God says? What's the point? I have no idea. Here's the point. You don't have to be miserable. God wants us to be joyful. And the problem with us, and when I say that, I include myself. We tend to look at the things we don't like so fervently we forget all the things that we have that, that we should be joyful about. It's a lot of good things. And I get it. Sometimes there are problems. Life can be a struggle. I get all that. But come on, let's look at it. Say, you know, my job is just, you have a job, you know. But let's not let a couple small things kill us. If you're miserable, you don't have to be. Don't live your life like that. Because I found that the longer a person allows themselves to be miserable, the more miserable they get. And the more miserable they are to other people. And it's like, hey, look, you can't find something good in your life. And it gets to that point. I don't want to be, Haman had everything, really. He should have just let it go. By the way, he made all these plans very ignorantly. And then he's sitting there at the banquet. Hey, it's all good. I get to eat with Queen. And she's like, she says, hey, you know, um, can you help us? Someone's trying to kill my people. Like who? Him. It didn't go well for him. You know that, that, that thing that he wanted to hang Mordecai on? He was swinging on that thing. Isn't that funny? We want to hurt other people, so we do everything we can to hurt other people. And all these devices we come up with only hurts ourselves. We're the ones swinging. And guess what? Mordecai, he was okay. He got taken care of. Hey, let's, let's, let's have the joy of the Lord. Let, I get it. Things come in our life. Let's just deal with them. 
Let's not let them blow life up. Let's deal with them and let's go forward. God can give us the grace to do all that. Let's bow our head and close our eyes for a minute if we may. Thank you for listening. Do you have the joy of the Lord today? Do you have it? Are there things in your life that you can look at and say, these things are getting to me? Why don't we deal with them? Don't let them, and by that I mean don't let them get to us, but why we're keeping the joy of the Lord, it's like, Lord, what would you want me to do in this situation? How would you want me to handle this? What is the Christian thing to do? It may be difficult. It may not be pleasant. I get it. But listen, you don't have to lose your joy. You don't have to give your joy away. And we do that so much. We are spoiled. And I, and we means me too. We are. We have a job, we have a car, and we, we're upset because there's traffic on the freeway. We're thankful you don't have to walk. Let's not give our joy away. Let's not allow ourselves to become miserable, bitter people. Life's too short. Life is too short. And God is too good. Maybe you're here this morning. Let me tell you how you can have the joy of the Lord. It starts with becoming a Christian. What do I mean by that? Here's the question. Are you 100% for sure if you were to die today, you'd go to heaven? Or do you have any doubt? <clears throat> you say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not 100% for sure if I were to die a day, I'd go to heaven. But I'd like to know that. With nobody looking around. Please, let's not look around. Say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not for sure if I were to die, go to heaven. Would you pray for me? Just raise your hand real quick. I'll see that and I'll pray for you. You can put it down. Anybody at all? Okay. Let's stand together. Maybe God spoke to you. <clears throat> Maybe you're starting to allow some things that should just be irritations in our life. You're allowing them to become stumbling blocks in your life. Maybe you're starting to focus on what you don't have to the extent of <clears throat> being thankful for what you do have. Piano's going to play. If God spoke to you at all, why don't you come? 